Good morning, everybody. Well, clearly, I am not Mama Dukes. I'm Papa Dre. <laughs> if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Derek, and I'm the lead pastor at Connect. And uh, I just wanted to take a minute and, you know, introduce my wife to you personally. My son was uh, revealing, uh, gave the little reveal there that she's coming up to speak. I'm so um, blessed to uh, be able to sit under my wife's ministry. You know, you may not realize this, husbands, but sometimes the most spiritual uh, impact that you'll have in your life comes through directly through your spouse, through your wife. I should have a good amen from all the men out there, all right? That's a good opportunity for you. I just gave you a great opportunity. Want to try it again? Amen. amen. All right. So I learn a lot from my wife spiritually. Uh, she is uh, an excellent communicator. She communicates with me all the time. Anyway, she's going to have the mic, right, she has the mic right now, so she's going to come up and um, probably, you know, tell a lot of stories about me. But um, I just want you to know that she is a, a woman of faith, um, she is a, a diligent mother, she's an incredible wife, she's smoking hot, um, and I really think that uh, you're going to be blessed by the word that she's going to bring this morning. So would you mind standing on your feet and just honoring uh, my wife, Stacey Fry, as she comes to bring the word, Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all can, y'all can. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, I am honored to be speaking this morning, and um, it's always a little humbling. And, you know, his gifting is wisdom, and my gifting is funny. And sometimes you just need to laugh in church, you know. But I do have a good word today, and it's going to be funny in the process of it, because I'm going to tell you a few stories about, um, about me. And the things that you hear him say about, like, my salsa, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you some stories about that today. Um, and I do have a story about him, because I was mad at him. But you're going to hear all that, all that in a minute. Um, so, but we're in the middle of a series called In Tune, and it's about how to speak to and hear from God clearly. So uh, the first couple of weeks, we heard, about, we heard from Pastor Deej and from Pastor Derek on how to eliminate the interference in our lives, in our prayer lives, both um, internally and externally, physically. So Pete each kicked off the series talking about eliminating the interferences um, physically or externally, like getting into a time and place, going to the same time and same place so that you can go where you've never been before. And then um, he also taught us that our prayers should be uh, intimate with, with our Heavenly Father, not just bless me, gimme, 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 protect me, gimme, gimme, gimme. <clears throat> so um, then last week, my husband talked about eliminating interference spiritually or internally. And um, who remembers what he, he, he said that um, there shouldn't be, we have to eliminate the static in our lives. And he said the static was correlated with what? Sin. Okay, good. See, I'm testing them. They're good. Okay. Um, so we're eliminating the sin in our lives because sin in our lives affects our prayer lives, which our prayer lives should affect our whole lives. So um, today they set me up to, to be able to talk to you about, we, we know why and how we need to um, eliminate any kind of interference, but today we're going to talk about the how-to of prayer. And um, so our key text today is on your outline, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. And you can also see the story in Luke 11. And this is where Jesus um, was asked by the disciples to teach them to pray. Uh, he, after seeing him several times praying, they saw his example and they thought, okay, this guy has a really good connection here. There's some things, results that are following him. And so maybe we should learn how to pray like he does. So wise, being wise as they were, or maybe sometimes not, um, they asked him to teach him to pray. So this, they saw that prayer is our direct access to our Father. 
and our Savior and our, the Holy Spirit that's our comforter and guide in this life. Just like they were saying, you'll never leave me, you'll guide me. Um, that, they knew that prayer was that tool. And in my estimation, I, I would consider myself a prayer warrior. I think prayer is the best gift that God gave us. Because I can talk to him wherever, whenever, what, about whatever, just not however. And I'm going to talk to you about the however that you're supposed to do it today to get the best results in the most intimate um, time. So Jesus tells the disciples to pray like this. And here he launches into the Lord's Prayer as we know it. And it's one of the most popular prayers in history. But this is a how to pray, not just repeating these same words every day and all the time, um, which a, a lot of people have done. And, and you know, I, I appreciate their heart, but that's not exactly the way you're going to get a lot of results, okay? So we're going to look at this. He, Jesus, we know that we're not supposed to pray these exact words because a couple of sentences before he launches into the actual prayer, he says how not to pray by babbling on and on. I like that. That was probably more towards the women. Don't babble. My gosh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then um, he says also that talking about the people of other religions, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So it's clear we're not supposed to repeat these words again and again. Right. Okay. So today we're going to look at the pattern that he gave us to follow in, in this uh, passage of scripture. And we're going to look at three critical elements to prayer. So first one is simple. It starts out um, in verse nine and he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay. Number one, you're starting out with declaring God's greatness. And that, I love that part. Because my God has done so much for me. I love honoring him and, and worshiping him. And we just did that this morning. One of my favorite songs, I don't know if Deej did this on purpose, but one of my favorite songs is Place of Freedom. Because the first words are, there's a calm that covers me when I kneel down at your feet. Okay? And um, so our father, we start off with our father, and he invites us to call him father. And that's a privilege in and of itself. So he just wants us to recognize who we're talking to. And when we recognize who we're talking to, most of our problems look a little bit smaller. And I, I want to tell you a story about, um, this just happened to me just two weeks ago. I was, um, I'm the principal of the school here at Metro West Christian Academy. And this summer, uh, um, this summer I had to hire three new teachers. So now I'm, I am, um, one of the deals about me becoming a principal was I was not going to be working during the summer. As a, as a principal, you just, you can't do that. So, um, especially when you need to hire three teachers. Well, the first two teachers came along pretty easily, and you know, I knew who they were, and it was good, and all, all good. The third teacher was not showing up. So um, <clears throat> I was getting a little irritated because I was going on vacation, and you know, I talked about, Heather was talking about this morning about vacation mode. Well, I needed a vacation mode. I needed to check out and mentally know that you know, God's got the school under control, and everybody's good, and I'm fully staffed, and we can start school. Well, you can't really start kindergarten unless you have a kindergarten teacher, right? That would be a little awkward and a little bit chaotic. So um, I was starting to, like, stress as much as I stress. Most of my friends know I'm not a big stressor because I have the gift of faith, thank the Lord. So I, don't, I just know that God's going to take care of it. So I'm down in Alabama for two weeks, and I'm reminding the Lord, Lord, I have faith. I know that you're going to do this. I know that you're going to do this. Each day goes by, Lord, I, I still know that you're... I do am trusting you. I know that you're going to do this, right, Lord? Because I'm on vacation and I need to check out. And, you know, hello. So um, we come back from Alabama. The next day we go to New Hampshire for two weeks. Now I'm, now I'm starting full stress mode for as much as my stress mode gets. And so I was like, 
okay, Lord, here I'm on vacation again, and no teacher. I've exhausted all my options. I have nothing left, no, no other people to turn to. I mean, I was texting people like that taught for us years ago. Hey, you want to teach again? <laughs> hey, what do, you, what do you think about kids? You like kids? Um, <clears throat> all you parents who are sending your kids to our school, don't worry. We're all set. We're just, that's coming, okay? Don't panic yet. Um, so, we, so I get to the, the Thursday of the first week of our vacation, and I'm in full-out panic mode. Like, if you could see my insides, they were like this, tur- just turmoil. I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? I-, I mean, I don't want to put you in a box, but hello, I got school in two weeks. What are you doing? And I heard just this faint little whisper, this is not about you. I'm working on the other person's circumstances. And I was like, well, it is a little bit about me. I'm on vacation. Hello. So uh, you would think that that would be enough to settle me down because he just told me that he's working on it. You know, I mean, he's got it, but no, I'd already, you know, passed the panic mode of no return. So I just, I'm, I'm praying. I'm calling all my friends. Are you praying? I'm calling my mom. Are you praying? Because nothing's happening. Joan, are you praying? And they all were praying. Um, and so Thursday night, that night, I go to bed, barely got any sleep, like literally, honest to God, two hours of sleep because I was just, what am I going to do? Okay, worst case scenario, this is what I'll do. I'll ha- I had the backup plan as if, you know, God wasn't going to come through for me. And so um, the next morning I woke up and, well, after the two hours, I barely woke up. And so I was like, oh my gosh, okay, Lord, I need to just go get in your presence because I am not okay right now. And so I did. I went to one of my favorite places up in Seabrook and I it's, um, I, I put my little earphones in, worship music, and I walk up to this little path, and there's a, a bench at the, the crest of the dune, sand dune, that it overlooks the whole shoreline. You can see, like, from Salisbury through Seabrook to Hampton to Northampton to Rye Beach, and, I mean, it's gorgeous. And I see throngs of people out there, and, I'm, and it's a gorgeous day, and I'm standing out there, and I'm like, I am so little in God's scheme of the whole wide world, but yet he's right here with me. He cares about what I care about. He is with me. So then I'm, one of my favorite worship songs come on, and um, it's, it says, the words say, you're the one that put the heavens in their place. You're the one that calms the raging sea. You're the one that turned darkness into light. You're the one that, who holds my heart when all is caving in. Everything's so crazy. Everything seems out of place. All I know is changing, but you're the only one that stays the same. So, and it's just gorgeous music, and I'm sitting there, and like, at this point, I'm like walking further down, and I'm just walking like this, and like tears are walking down my face. I don't even care who's watching me, because people are watching me. And I'm like, hey, Jesus, you are the one that, why did I ever doubt you? I'm so sorry, Lord. And I'm just like basking in his presence, because he is so great. This one little problem is my huge problem, but it's so little to him, and he can take care of it like that. And so it just, now, had anything in those 30 minutes when I was out there, had anything changed in my circumstances? Not a thing, because I still didn't have a teacher, still didn't have an option. My perspective had changed on him. And such a peace had come over me at that point because my perspective had changed. And when when we get in his presence, it helps the perspective on our problems seem insignificant because we know that he is the one that controls it all and he can do it all in a moment's notice. No matter what our circumstances are, it could be crazy and out of, out of control, but he's still great. He's still worthy of our praise no matter what I feel like, no matter what my circumstances are, he is still great. And he just wants us you know, when, to recognize how magnificent he is. And when we do that, it helps us. Um, he, you know, 
he, tells, he, he wants us to declare his greatness because he says, not for us, I mean, not for his sake, because he says, the rocks will cry out if you don't. But it's for our sake. We need to declare his greatness for our sake because it keeps us in check. Um, honestly, so, well, let me back up real quick. When you discover who God is, you will better recognize who you are and why you're here, and that's in your notes. You'll better recognize who you are. I recognize I was little bitty, and God saw all those people, and he was caring about all their problems. He was working on their problems too. But I had to realize he's, he's working on mine too. It's all good. Um, but I had to pause long enough. Here's your key thought. I had to pause long enough to let it sink in. I was going through the motions. I was trying to do it all on my own, and I had to let it sink in who I was talking to. Now, honestly, there are times when I don't get any further than step number one, declaring his greatness. And he knows what my problems are. He knows I, you know, and he'll answer those. But in order to have your life changed, you have to come to step two. And this is where I'm going to camp mostly on on my message today is on step two. This is a part that a lot of us want to circumvent, um, but it's the main point. And it could be a speed bump for some of us in our prayer lives. It could be a big pothole covering the whole road. And it could be, for some of us, it could be a full-fledged detour, like you're not even going to bypass, try to pass this way, because this is the main point, the wrestling match of it all. Okay, look at verse 10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number two is surrender your will. This is kind of like Fonzie when he had to say, sorry, surrender your will. Okay. In other words, before you get to what your wants and your needs and, you know, your requests and your whole list, you are supposed to say, okay, Lord, I surrender my will. Whatever your will is, I want your will, not mine. I want your kingdom before my kingdom. I want your agenda before my agenda in my marriage, in my finances, in my kids, in my relationships, in my job. I want your will. And it's a restructuring of priorities. Your will not my will. And when we put his priorities first, then he will prioritize our priorities. But we have to put his priorities, make them ours first. Um, Devin had mentioned that we have a 301 class tonight, and I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the personalities. In this class, you're going to find out like what your personalities are, what your giftings are. It's a great class. How many of you have taken the 301 class? Awesome. That's great. Okay. For those of you who haven't, um, you might want to go because you'll find out kind of more about yourself and um, how we can help you. But I'm going to tell you about the two personality types that I am. Those of you who have taken it, you, you are familiar with these probably. But I'm a personality type DI or ID in the DISC category. So I'm not going to take the time to tell you about the S and the C, but the D and the I. So the D personality is dominant, decision maker, kind of like a, a, you know, a leader type A type personality. And the I, uh, oh wait, let me tell you this about the D personality, is that they think they're right all the time. And we usually are. Just saying. Okay, so the I personality is like the influencer, the life of the party, fun-loving. So because I'm a DI, I think I'm the life of the party, and because Ds always think they're right, and we are, then I really am the life of the party. Okay, just making that clear. But... um, so in my, per, in my prayer life, my personality, the D part, comes out. So when I'm praying, you know, like I said, I got number one down. I'm declaring his greatness. He's awesome. 
um, you know, I stay there for a while. Well, then I come to my prayer requests and I start telling him what I think, you know, needs to happen, what I think should be accomplished. And because I'm a D, I usually know best, you know. Um, for my kids, you know, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I know that this needs to happen and Devin's life and Mallory needs to work on this and Ma- Madison and Morgan. And, and I'm telling him, oh, I've got some really good plans. I've got, you know, and I, even their, you know, flaws and foibles, I see them and I know how to fix them. So I'm telling him. And then at the very end of my prayer, I'm like, okay, Lord, but whatever you want, that's what I want. I want your will. But that is not showing God that his priority is my priority. That's showing him that I think I know best. But then I go, well, Lord, you did make me that way, so maybe I do know best. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I do know best some things over my kids, but I would never think that I know better than God. So, but I was, when I was preparing for this message, I had to realize, I had to like repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for ever making you think that your will I want your will before I want my will. I know that God's will is way better than I could ever ask or imagine for my kids than what I think they should do. I would never, never want my kids to, I would never um, project on my kids what I think they should be and who they should be and what they should, I mean, I can tell them what they're good at and maybe you should think about this, but I would never think that I know better than God knows best. So I have to tell them, so I've I've changed in the last couple of weeks, I've changed my prayer life, even so. Even so. Um, but when we surrender our will, this is where God brings us in alignment with his will, and his is the best for us, and his purposes and, and agendas. One of my favorite verses is Romans eight twenty eight, and it says that he will work everything for good for those that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. Now, I know I love him, and I know I'm called, so therefore, he's got my back in everything. So you would think that it would be very easy to surrender my will. Oh, but not so much. So, um, sometimes, I'm going to tell you a little story about a little boy, a good little Christian boy in Texas. Anybody from Texas in here? Hannah? Mm-hmm. Jeremy? Okay, so this little boy in Texas, he, you know, buckled the Bible belt. He'd heard the Lord's Prayer many times in church. They did repeat the words again and again, which we're not supposed to do, but um, that was, like I said, their heart was, their heart was right. And so they're um, praying the Lord's Prayer, and so this little boy one day decides, you know, I need to ask God for some things. I got some things I need, and so I'm going to ask God. So he gets on his knees like every good little Christian Texan boy, and he folds his hand just right, and he says, Our Father who art in Houston, we have a problem. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth. Who gives a rip about heaven? Give us this day everything I need and want. And forgive those who don't give it to me. And lead me not into temptation, because I can find that all by myself. Amen. Okay, now, you may be thinking, well, my prayers aren't that bad. But God's probably up there going, well, that's not too far off from some of the people I hear. But, you know, you, you may have been there before. You know, when we're young, we're, we're telling God, this is what we need. This is what I want. And Lord, forgive them for treating me that way. That's so bad. And they're so bad. And Lord, you know, help me, help me, help me. And you, you come, come to a season. I know I've prayed not necessarily as bad as the little Texan boy, but I've prayed some things, you know, maybe in my marriage or maybe in my marriage for different things. Um, you know, and I had to actually get to a point where I had to surrender my will. Because again, I was telling God, <laughs> I think I know best. I think he's the one that needs to change, not me. Um, that never happens the right way. But um, so we have to, you know, we have to come to a place where it, whether it's, no matter what, it, what area of our lives it in, life 
it's in, we have to surrender our will and surrender fully. Um, you know, you, you kind of get to a rock bottom place of being able to say, okay, hmm, maybe I, maybe I should really surrender because it's not working on my own. How many of you ever said that to yourself? You know, gosh, this is not really working on my own. Yeah. Um, so Jesus just, he wants us to recognize who, who he is, surrender our will, and ask him what his will is. Now, I, this is where I'm really thankful for my own simplicity. I have a simple mind. I always tell my husband, I'm just so simple. I don't have a lot to say. I know y'all are probably thinking, wow. <laughs> and Derek's probably going, she has a lot to say. But, you know, when it comes to, like, my job or different things that I've done in life or, um, you know, I, I just... I am so dependent on God because I don't have the wisdom in myself. I don't have, I'm not, I mean, I'm smart. I'm, I'm book smart, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself a genius or anything, although I like to tell people I am. But, you know, I, I'm dependent on God. And so if you are, um, sometimes I, I pity those who are really smart and are great and do have such wisdom because they don't ever get to the place where in their positions at their work or whatever, that they have to ask God continually, Lord, what do I do now? I am constantly in that place. Lord, what do I do now? Whoa, how, what do I, how do I handle this? Where, where, where do I go from here? What do I need to be praying about, Lord? You know, I am constantly dependent on him. And I, I personally like that place. Um, and it's good because he answers my prayers very quickly when I'm asking him because he does know I'm dependent on him. Um, you know, when, when we're learning to surrender our will, it's a lot easier to do it when we don't have as much at stake, like when you're younger. How many young adults in here? Okay. Okay. Oh, I love it. Bob and Leslie. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> young adults at heart. Okay. Not too many of you. All right. Um, but, you know, when, when you're a young adult, you don't have as much at stake like your family, um, uh, uh, your kids, your wife, your spouse. You're responsible for a lot more. Um, your house and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's easier when you're younger to learn this and it creates a habit. So you're asking God, you know, what, what is your will, Lord? How, what do you want me to do? What job do you want me to take? Where do you want me to move? Do you want me to buy this house? Where do you want me to go from here? What do I need to be praying for for my kids? All those kinds of things. If you can learn that as a young adult, then you will set yourself up for success later on in life. So I had to learn this lesson uh, when I had a lot more at stake. And um, so this, this is the story that I'm going to tell you that's a little bit embarrassing, slightly, because you're going to see a little bit of my salsa and how silly or maybe stupid that I am. Okay, so this happened eight or nine years ago, and um, I was actually recruited to play in a semi-professional tackle women's football team. Yes, I don't let this frail form Looks can be deceiving, and don't judge a book by its cover because I could snap you in half. Just kidding. I really couldn't. I just think I can. So, um, but, so here's the deal. I, um, the, the, it was a Saturday morning, and I was, um, the, this coach had come over and asked me if I would, you know, be a wide receiver for their football team, and, and I was, like, flying high. I mean, this was, like, dream of all dreams. I was just, oh, my gosh, talk about a magpie. I was like, oh, honey, I, I don't play football. Oh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. And the whole time I'm talking to him and acting like a magpie, he's sitting here like this. Just staring at me. Nothing on his face. And while I'm still, like, having my own party in my own head, he is just staring. And so I'm thinking, you jerk. 
listen, just because you weren't recruited to play NBA basketball, I can play football. So I'm all about myself. I'm thinking, whoa, this is so awesome. So I stopped talking because, again, he's just staring at me. And he, he goes, honey, you are not playing football. And I went, yeah, I am. I'm going to play football. And he was like, that is so ridiculous. That is so dangerous. You, do you remember that you were just laying on that couch six weeks ago with a tailbone injury? You couldn't even walk. You had to crawl to the bathroom. You remember that? What happens if you get hurt? And I was like, yeah, I am playing football. You know, I mean, I was like, not even, nah, I'm not even going to listen to you. You're a jerk. You're just, you know, poo-pooing on my party and, you know, forget you. So I start, I call some of my guy friends who I know that they're going to go, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you should play. Of course you should play. So I, you know, I'm talking to Jason Goslin at that point, and I'm talking to Herman Fuller at that point. Herman and Gretchen, this is even before Herman was an elder, but he was already wise at that point. So I called him. I'm like, Herman, what do you think? Isn't that awesome? And he was like, they're both, of course, they're both like, yeah, that's awesome, you should play, oh, that's awesome. Now, Herman and Jason would not be the ones responsible for my kids or taking care of my husband if I got hurt. But, little point there, when you're asking the Lord what his will is and you ask other people, it doesn't really matter what other people think. They're not the ones that are responsible that are going to answer before God. So, mind you, this whole time I've called my parents and my mom's like, you're playing football? Oh, so I knew at that point she started praying, and I was mad at her too. So I, I go on, and um, I, you know, I'm talking to the coach. I decided I'm not even talking to him because I was mad at him. And so I, I'm talking to the coach. He was a Christian man, so he's telling me I'm on the phone with him, and he's like, you're going to answer my prayers. Like, I, this, these girls, I mean, if you can call them girls, which I'll explain one of them to you in just a minute, but um, these girls need Jesus, and you can help me lead this team. This is an answer to prayer. My gosh, this is awesome. And I'm like, yes, I can lead people to know Jesus. I can show them the Lord. I can play football. I am an answer to your prayer. Oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Match made in heaven. And um, so a few minutes later, Derek comes out, and he's like, so, honey, do you even know if they have insurance? Like, have you even, do, you have, do they have waiver forms? Do they have, well, detail, detail, detail. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I email the coach. Can you email the waiver form? And my, man, my husband needs this and that. And um, so I go, and I'm going to go practice with them one Tuesday night. So this is, now mind you, that was Saturday, and all day Saturday I was flying high. I'm going to be famous. I'm playing football with Tom Brady, me and him. Just kidding. It wasn't that famous. But um, so, but in my mind, I, I was heading that way. Not really. That's, that's really not. That's a lie. Okay, but so, um, so Tuesday night, I'm going to go with the, to the team to practice. And so I come in to practice, and I see these she-men. Like, <laughs> literally, if you put, like, Brian Barnes and John Securitz and Derek, uh, they would be dwarfed. Honest to God, I am not lying. As, as I'm standing here, I am not lying one bit. So I walk over, and I'm just, I can't practice with them legally because I'm not part of the team yet, you know, whatever. So um, this she-woman comes over to me, not lying, probably 6'2", 270, I mean, built like Tim Tebow. And she goes, you the new girl? <laughs> At that moment, I was like, oh, maybe this is not a good idea. <clears throat> and so I went, 
yeah, yeah, I'm the new girl. And before I could, you know, hi, I'm Stacy. She goes, yeah, we'll take it easy on you. She, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh my God, what am I thinking? Jesus, help me. And then I go, no, wait, I'll just make her my best friend and then nobody will mess with me. Okay, she clearly had to be the center because she is the biggest one. So, and they probably pay her to like go over to scare all the newbies. But so I, you know, threw around with them, whatever. So the next day, I'm like, I'm going to Dick's Sporting Goods, and I'm getting me some receiver gloves, and I'm getting all, you know, dazzled up and whatever. And so, mind you, I still hadn't talked to my husband, because I was still mad at him. So I'm in the shower that night. Now, Deej talked about, you know, time and place is critical in eliminating the inferiors. That is where my prayer time was, because none of the kids would come and bother me. So I'm in the shower, and I'm just thanking God. I'm like, Lord, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to further your kingdom. I'm going to bring people to know Jesus. These she-women need God. Oh, yes, this is going to be awesome. And you gave me these gifts and talents. How awesome are you? Thank you, Jesus, for letting me be able to use my gifts and talents for your glory. Now, honestly, the, I, I really was thinking that. Now, mind you, when, when Derek had, you know, was like, what if you get tackled? I was like, well, you know what? God will just help me not get tackled ever. I will be the only person in the history of the game of football to never get tackled. I will be the tackleless wonder. So, so I'm in the shower and I'm praising God for this. And all I hear the Lord say is, it only takes one time. And I was like, should I act like I don't really know what he's talking about? No, that's probably not a good idea. So I was like, yes, Lord, one time, but you just have to protect me from that one time. Never let me get tackled. Let me outrun all the defenders, and I will never get tackled. And then I hear, too many people are dependent on you. Well, babies, what, they can't do it by, by themselves, you know? And I was like, yes, but then now you'll just have to make me strong. Make me, you know, so that I don't, I mean, this was like a real struggle with my will. Can you see that? Are you seeing a little bit of my salsa and stubbornness? Okay, don't say amen to that. That's not a point where you say amen. People! Just kidding. So finally, the Lord just says, no, honey. I'm like, oh, what? Wait, I can't hear you. That's static, cling. I can't, you know, there's interference. I don't know what you said. No. I was, so immediately, I started crying. Now, I know you guys are probably going, you were asked to play football and you're crying. And you girls are like, you were asked to play football and you're crying? I know I can't win. I'm a weirdo. I know. So I'm kind of like in between the, that, you know, male and female mentality. But I started crying, and I was so mad. I was so mad because I was like, this has to be your will. It looks perfect for your will. It looks like a perfect fit. But I finally said, after a few more minutes of me crying and really wrestling, I finally said, fine, I won't play. And it was the strangest feeling I've ever felt. Craziest thing is I was still rip-snorting mad as a hornet still, but yet I had this overwhelming peace that just flooded me because I knew it was not his will. I knew that I knew, I mean, it was very clear as not his will. Now, sometimes surrendering to his will is surrendering to your delegated authority, which I was not willing clearly to do that. And I, I still was a little bit mad at him because, you know, I mean, God could have done it himself. He could have just acted like he was happy for me. <laughs> just kidding. But I did repent. I did ask forgiveness. So, um, he did forgive me, didn't you, honey, for being completely stubborn and disobedient and rebellious and unsubmitted. Um, so, <laughs> so um, what, you know, <laughs> this is about you and not, no. 
Um, so anyway, I, you know, you, you might say, how long does it take to surrender your will? Well, that time it only took me four days, okay? That's not too bad in the scheme of life. But there's some times where it might take four years. It might take, you know, a really long time, especially when you're dealing with somebody else that you're praying for, like with your kids. You know, it might take a long time to surrender what I want, what my will is for them. But, you know, God has a way of honing in what you just aren't so quick to give up. And he knows what's important to you. And, you know, when, when he knows that if that one thing, now 50 kajillion other things might not have my heart. Now, they, somebody could have said, hey, we want you to come sing in a band. I'd have been like, oh, no. You know, that's just not, that's not what had my heart. God knew that sports had my heart. And it really showed something about me to God. And so um, it, it all depends on your relationship, how long it will take you to surrender your will. And to make this point, I want to show you two times that um, in Jesus' life where he was praying and it showed his relationship with his father. And the first one is when um, in John 11, when Jesus was coming from Bethany, his friend Lazarus had died. And he stayed where he was for a couple days because he said, I'm not going to go there yet because I want God to get the glory when I go. So finally, he goes and he, he meets the sisters, he comforts them. And then he gets in front of the tomb and he says to roll the stone away, move the stone. And he prays this 10-second prayer. He's about to raise somebody from the dead. He, he prays a 10-second prayer and he says, he, this is in John 11, and he says, Father, thank you for hearing me, which you always do, but I'm just saying that so that these people can know that we're connected and we have a relationship. Lazarus, come out. Poof, and he comes out. Okay, now, in our human experience, death is pretty final, but we did not, we did not see him, you know, really praying a long prayer. Now, let's contrast that with the night before Jesus was going to be dying for the sins of all mankind. In Luke 22, he prayed so hard and with such passion and fervor that he sweat blood. Now, I'm an athlete, and I have sweat many times in my day, but I have never sweat so hard I sweat blood. Anybody? Anybody ever sweat blood? Okay. I'm pretty sure I've never prayed so hard I've even broken a sweat. So this guy, Jesus, was praying so hard that he sweat blood. I mean, that shows that he was struggling. But he recognized what God's will was, and he did not want to do it. But he had to stay in that place long enough where either God's will changed or he changed. And he finally came to that place of, okay, not my will, but thine be done. The length of our prayers is not determined on the condition of God. The length of our prayers is determined on the condition of our hearts. If your heart is right, you can pray 10 seconds but if you're struggling and acknowledging your uh, struggling and surrendering your will, then it might take a little bit longer. And sometimes, you know, God, God will work with you. I mean, He worked with me those four days. He kept trying to put little things in there. He kept trying to use people. But He, it's, if you don't surrender your will, like boom, right away, it's okay. You're gonna learn. You're gonna you're gonna go a one time where it hurts bad enough. Where you're gonna learn. Okay, next time I don't want to go that long where I surrender my will finally. And, and he works with you. He builds your faith each time. And the, key, the big idea here is when your faith intersects with God's faithfulness, that's when life change happens. You know, it's at um, some point in the process, you might be struggling through the silence with no answers or circumstances that are exhausting, or you're just completely hopeless about your marriage, about your job situation, about relationship. If you're at that place, that is a great opportunity to say, Lord, I completely surrender 
I know I've been there a couple of times in my life where I was just completely hopeless, and all I had to do was go, okay, I'm hopeless because I've been working on my own, out of my own will and what I think should happen. Lord, what do you want to happen? And that's when my circumstances started to change. Um, it's when I fully surrendered about and fully trusted God about the teacher just a couple of weeks ago, just to bring it back full circle, um, and that he, he worked out my problem. So what, what he did was um, the Sunday that I came back to church here, I went down to the restroom, and actually right before in the worship service, the Lord had put somebody's name in my heart, and I'm new to this church, and I went downstairs to the restroom, and all of a sudden, this girl walks in the door in the restroom as well. In literally a four to six minute conversation, and basically I hired her on the spot. She fit every single detail. She was like crying. I'm crying. We're in the bathroom. Even this church's bathroom is anointed, okay? It is the throne room, right? So, but the next time that I get a, I'm going to go through that, you, I, you can be guaranteed I'm going to say, Lord, okay, forgive me. For the last time, I am going, it's going to get a little bit easier, and I'm going to surrender my will because I know that you work it for my good. I know, that you're, I know that you're there. But it depends on our relationship with him. And it depends on our heart and really how stubborn we are when that's my, my issue. Um, so first we're declaring his greatness. Then we surrender our will. And this last point here that I'm going to tell you about, I don't have to spend a lot of time on it because this is something that we humans are really good at. Let's look at number three is acknowledge your dependence on him. Verse 11 through 13 says, Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us, and lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This one's all about us. We got this down. We acknowledge our, our dependence on him. But here we go. This is where you can bring your needs to him. But the thing that you need to do is when you get to your personal needs, you start first by acknowledging your need for him. And if you can recognize that he is your source for everything, that is key. We need him. I, I'm dependent on him every day, like I said. And now he is interested in your list. And if he says in the Bible that, you know, he sees the birds of the air and um, he clothes the lilies of the field and he knows every hair on your head. I mean, literally, if we all took out one little hair on our head right now, you know, pulled it out and everybody did at the same time, God's not up there going, whoa, hold on, I got to count them all. Wait a minute. You know, he knows it. He just knows because he cares about the little things that we care about. And um, he wants us to live that stress-free, faith-filled, blessed, victorious life, but we can't do it unless we acknowledge our dependence on him. We cannot live that kind of life just in ourselves. We have to surrender our will. We have to acknowledge our dependence on him because we are. And Jesus sees that, um, that he, recognizes, he wants us to recognize that it's not about many words or public prayers but it is about priority. If he has our heart, and he'll have, then he'll have our will. And he, that's what he wants, is he wants our heart and prayer. And if we're willing to give up control of everything that we have in our hands, then that's when he knows he has our hearts. He wants relationship with you. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross, so that he could have that relationship with us, and that we could have that intimate connection. That is what the disciples saw. The whole reason they asked him this is because they saw that connection when he prayed, and they wanted it. And that's what I want. I want that for each one of us, because when we have that, when our prayer lives are intimate, that is when life change happens. And 
here's a key thought that you might want to take note of. If you're willing to surrender at all, and it's easy for you to say, you know, it's, you might not be taking it that serious. But if it's a little bit difficult and you go, okay, Lord, I'm going to surrender my will. I really don't want to, and I know this is going to be tough. It is going to be tough. There's going to be t- certain times where it's going to be tough. There's certain times where it's easier. But when we surrender fully and completely, that's when he's in charge of our lives. And he can do a lot better job with our lives than we can with our own lives. Um, I'm, I'm going to close, and I, you can put your stuff away and, and stand up with me. I'm gonna, today, in today's service, we actually followed this pattern. We, we started out by declaring his greatness in worship. We called him the glorious one. I mean, he's, you know, one of the, um, the words said, you hold the universe. Uh, I can't read my writing. You hold the universe. What's, what was the words? You hold the universe. Some, oh, yeah, and yet you run to the broken. Um, you're the glorious one. I mean, we declared his greatness. We told him, you know, I want to be in your presence because there's a calm that covers me. It's a place of freedom. It's a place of healing. We told him those things. And then we heard a message and we hopefully, hopefully God was, you know, I, I like to poke fun at myself and I like to laugh, but hopefully God was showing you a few little areas in your lives where maybe you haven't surrendered and maybe that looked a little bit like, you know, what, what something like your, in your situation looked like that you weren't really willing to surrender completely. Um, and now what we're going to do is we're going to acknowledge our dependence on him and we're going to tell him that we need him. So I, I want to talk to three different groups of people today that's pretty much going to cover everybody in here. So um, the first group, you may be here and you have never surrendered your heart, much less your will to Jesus Christ. You've never asked him to be the, the, the leader and the Lord and Savior of your life. And if you want to do that today, if you want to have that intimate connection with him, that's what you first have to do is you first have to surrender your heart and your life to him. So if you want to do that, I want to pray for you. Um, if you'll just close your eyes and give everybody else an opportunity for a little bit of privacy here and just a moment with the Lord. If you want to give your life to Christ today, I want you to raise your hand and just look me in the eye and and let me know that you want to give your life to Christ today. Anybody in here want to do that? Okay. All right, good. I think we're all good here. All right, the second group that I want to talk to is, um, this is probably going to be many of you in here. You've, You've surrendered your heart to him but you're having a hard time giving up your will. Um, you may have a D personality type that you think you know what's best and, and you don't really, you, that you see no reason to give up your will. But you know what? Everybody needs to surrender their will, no matter what your personality type is. And um, you may be struggling with asking him what his will is. And I wanna pray for you today. And if, you, if you're just not sure that you've surrendered your will completely um, and you want to today, just, you know, if, if somebody was holding a gun, holding you up or whatever, you know, you put your hands up in the air and basically you're saying, I surrender. And so I just want you to do that. Just, you know, if, if you want to surrender your will in every aspect of your life, marriage, family, job, you may be having a, um, a job change, a job opportunity. Um, you may have a, a wayward child. You may have um, things in your work situation, things in your family relationships that you really need to surrender. So hands all over the room that, you know, Lord, we just come before you. We acknowledge our dependence on you. You're an awesome God. You're mighty. And Lord, I just ask you right now that you would help each one of these people, as difficult as it may be, that they would be able to surrender completely and fully to your will. Lord, we say it right now. and Just say, your will, not mine, Lord. Your agenda, not mine, Lord. 
Lord, we declare our dependence on you. We want your will. We know sometimes it's so hard for us, whether it's because we're exhausted from the circumstances or we just think we know best or whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that you would just remove those obstacles in their way, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to surrender your will and that they would see results in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of results, that signs and wonders follow those that believe and we believe in you, but praying and believing in you is totally different from then surrendering our heart. And so, Lord, we surrender our heart. We surrender our will to you in Jesus' name. And we, and we thank you, Lord. We look forward to the testimonies for all these people who have surrendered, are willing to surrender their will in Jesus' name. Now, this, a final group I want to pray for is just, um, is you, you might have surrendered your heart fully and you um, don't have a problem surrendering your will. But you're at a place where you, you need some answers. You need some circumstances to change in your life. And um, I, I just want to pray for you because, I, like I said, I have the gift of faith. And I want to pray that, um, that your needs get met. And when I am talking about specific needs, I want you to bring up your needs. You can even say it out loud to, um, you know, you can say it quietly under your breath or whatever. That I want you to, to tell God the things that you need. So this is going to be, this is what happens when um, even those deep, dark things that you haven't prayed for in a long time because you've just kind of given up hope or um, you're just really frustrated because you haven't had an answer in years. I want you to think of that thing because when uh, the body of Christ comes together, this is what brothers and sisters do is we stand in the gap for each other. We stand in faith. We're going to have our faith connect with God's faithfulness. And I'm believing for results today. And so um, again, if you just, you know, just lift up your heart to the Lord. Um, Lord, we do declare your greatness. You're an awesome God. You're great and mighty. You are the one that controls the universe. You hold the universe in your hands, yet you hold every tear that I've ever cried and each person in here. Nothing is too great. Nothing is too small. And so, Lord, I ask you right now that you would begin to send your uh, myriads of angels to work on the circumstances in each of these people's lives in here, Lord Jesus. I pray for healings. I pray for physical healings, for backs, migraines. You will be set free in Jesus' name from migraines. You will be set free from financial difficulties. From I, I, Lord, I pray for wisdom for those that have been asking for wisdom about what to do in their situations. I pray, Lord, that you would make it clear to them in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to be a body of Christ that, that has signs and wonders following us. We want to be a body of Christ that people know us by our love, but they also know us by the things that are happening in our lives. Father, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would just touch each person in here. You know what's going on in each person's lives. You know, Lord, in their marriages, whether they've um, had failed marriage before or, or they think their marriage is in failure right now. Lord, my, my husband and I are a testimony of that you can do great things in marriages. And I claim in Jesus' name that those marriages will be revived because the devil will have no part in our lives. We will be a, fa a church body known where there is not divorce in this household in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that um, you, for people who have had chronic pain in Jesus' name, that they would be delivered from that, that you are touching people's bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, even the people downstairs. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for uh, Cheyenne Carasquillo in Jesus' name. You are setting her free in Jesus' name from everything that holds that girl back. There is not a weapon formed against her that will prosper in Jesus' name. And I claim that for each family member in this household that is represented, each church, each church member here in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you are such an awesome God and we declare that you are great. Everybody just say it with me. Lord, you are great. You are awesome. 
Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you are our God and we surrender our will to you. We surrender our heart to you. And we just ask you, Lord, that your will would be done in our lives because you know better than us. Father knows best. And you are our Abba Father, our Daddy. And we just, we love you so much, Lord. And thank you, Jesus. We look forward to the testimonies that are gonna come in in Jesus' name from these prayers that are answered today. And everybody said a big amen. Amen.